Hallelujah. Well, that's a nice graphic. Pastor Brian almost does such a good job with graphics. Praise the Lord. I give him my, my top, my, my title, and he makes up another title that close to it that, that makes sense for, for a graphic. Amen? Clean, cleaning house. Amen. Cleaning house. What are we talking about? Cleaning house. Getting the dust out? Kind of. Amen. But we're really talking about spiritual aspects of your home. You know, there's a spiritual aspect going on in your home right now. And when you, if you, when you understand that we, we see the things in this through the Spirit as the most prominent, when we look at the things in the Spirit as the most prominent aspect of our life, then we have to recognize that we have a, a responsibility to spiritually keep our home clean. And I want to talk to you about that. You know, it's funny, many years ago, I was, when we were doing television, I was out in Lethbridge, Alberta with uh, Pastor Leon Fontaine, and we were doing, we were doing a, a live broadcast, three hours each night live on TV, and he had to wing it. Just had to just go with the Holy Ghost for three hours. Whenever the, the camera went on you, you had to have something to say. No script. And I, I really enjoyed it because you had to trust the Lord. But I found out something about that night because we, have a, we had a prayer room and in the prayer room, the phones were very busy. The phones were very busy those two nights. They actually said that they were busier than they usually are. And I thought, wow, we we're talking about Holy Ghost. We we're talking about signs, wonders, and miracles. We we're talking about the, the, the authority of the name of Jesus. And they said something that I never forgot. They said in a prayer room, basically every prayer request that a person has falls in one of three categories. Isn't that something? People either want prayer for healing, relationships, or finances. Healing, money, and good marriages. And their kids. Basically, those are the main, the main things that people want. The main things that people feel they need to get to live a high quality of life. And I found out myself that if I can learn how to have breakthrough in those three main areas, life is good. Life is a whole lot better. Amen? And, and so, so I want to talk to you today, and I want to focus on, on one of those today. Because I couldn't possibly in, in 40 minutes talk to you about all three. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the healing aspect. And, and how, how we have to make sure we clean our house so our house is healed. No, I'm not saying... Your physical house is healed. There is a spiritual atmosphere in your home that may have to be cleaned up. But the Bible also says you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit, bought and paid for with the price of the blood of Jesus. So this is a home, and our physical home is a home. And we want to share with you today just a little bit about how to have a healthy home. Wouldn't it be better to have a healthy home than a sickly home? Cleaning house. See, you have to recognize the spiritual realm. And I, since I've been meditating this, and I talked a bit about this on a, uh, two Wednesday nights ago, I've been noticing that people have been coming and they've been needing some house cleaning. And we've been praying and we've been laying hands and we've been believing and... and <coughs> Excuse me, we've been seeing people get delivered. And the one testimony I got 
Last week was, I got my life back. So it's powerful when we understand the things of the Spirit that you can live the life that Jesus has planned for you when we get free. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to mention and talk about mainly focusing on a spirit called infirmity today. The spirit of infirmity. The word infirmity actually means weakness. And so what does the spirit of infirmity do? It causes people to become weak. What does sickness cause people to become? Weak. And the spirit of infirmity we're going to expose now, why am I doing this, Pastor John? Shouldn't you keep this for a seminar? Why would you start talking about demons on a Sunday morning? It's just not kosher. It's just not, it's just not nice for guests. Oh, yes, it will be. Because, my friends, if you can recognize that this spirit of infirmity has been living in your house and you've got the authority to get it out of your house, then your house is going to change. You're going to see a whole lot better quality of life come into your house. Amen. So it's just literally, I, I just believe that it's, it's time to expose some things that you may have heard about or maybe you've never heard about or maybe you've just forgotten about. But in these last days, we cannot forget about the works of the enemy. We cannot play around and say, oh, oh, no, I don't want to hear about that stuff. Don't be like me. When I first start finding out about deliverance and demons and all that, my friends start telling me about that. I said, don't talk to me about that. I don't want to know about that stuff. I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. That's all I care about. I just want that. I'll go to church. I'll do my thing. But don't tell me about this speaking in tongues, casting out devils. Don't I don't want to know about this stuff. That's what's me. The Lord corrected me big time. And then he started showing me how you can help people to get free and live the quality of life. Amen. Let's pray. Help me out. Say, Father, I want to be free. I want to live the life that you have for me. I want to be healed, made whole. I want to be blessed, and I want a happy family. And that's your plan for me. So open my eyes. Holy Ghost, help me so I can understand the spiritual realm in my life. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I get it. better get moving here. I, I can spend so much time in the intro and not get to my message. Amen. But it's just, it's just such a wonderful presence of God here right now. Amen. So the, the, the spirit of infirmity, it can come many different ways. It can be, you can get it generationally. Do you know you can be born with a generational curse of infirmity? The Bible says that, that sin or sickness can be transferred to the third and fourth generation. And so you might just say, well, I've just been sickly. I've just been sick all my life. I've just always had felt like something's been chasing me. I never forget, you know, children, children, you can't fool a kid. I remember the first 
I think it was an eight or nine-year-old young boy. I was at the McMaster Hospital in Hamilton, and this young boy was diagnosed with very severe Crohn's disease. They weren't Christians, but their, 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 their brother, uh, I think the sister and the husband started coming to our church, got born again, and, and then they started seeing some miracles. And they said, will you go down to Hamilton McMaster Hospital and pray for my little brother? And my little brother, he's got severe Crohn's disease. He can't eat anything. He's just terrible. And so we went there, and first I, I led the mother to the Lord, and then I got the, the, the young couple coming to our church filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and then we got all in faith. Then I laid my hands on this little eight- or nine-year-old boy who was almost emaciated that he had been so bad. It was just lost so much weight. And as I laid my hands on him, I commanded the spirit of infirmity, come out in Jesus' name. Strongman Crohn's disease. And he was miraculously healed at McMaster Hospital. And you can't fool a kid. This little kid said, Pastor Mike, something left me. You can't fool a kid. A few years later, I was in, well, maybe a year later, I was in Sick Kids Hospital. My mentor's son, who was 18 years old, his stomach had shut down. The doctors were doing all kinds of tests. They were doing all kinds of all kinds of stuff. They could not find why his stomach was shut down. My mentor called me up, Mike. I was, we lived in Guelph, 60 miles away. Will you come and pray with him? I said, yes, I will. I had an hour to drive down. I was praying in tongues, praying to spirit. And I said, I said, Lord, what is it? What is it that's causing that? He says, it's stomach cancer. I heard it as clear as the word of knowledge. It's stomach cancer. I go in there. I go to the hospital. 18-year-old young man sitting there, again, can't eat, losing weight, in pain. And I, I, there's a whole other story to that. I won't tell you the whole story. Basically, I go there, tell the father what it is, tell him what it is, put my hand on his stomach. I say, come out in Jesus' name because all cancer is held in by infirmities, a spirit of infirmity. And this young, young man, 18 years old, couldn't even fool him. He says, something just ripped out of my stomach. And he was totally healed. And then there was another little eight-year-old boy in Mount Forest, Ontario, a little town north of Guelph. Someone had heard that someone in our church had lived up there, and they told their neighbor that the little boy was, again, eight or nine years old, with cerebral palsy. Terrible disease. Well, we went to see our, our, the people in our church, and they had invited this lady in to bring her son in. Praise God for the lady. She didn't go to a church like ours. She, she's just a denominational church, had never heard about being born again, never heard about healing, but by faith she took the braces off her son and carried him in, set him in a chair. We started talking to her a little bit, and then we prayed. Then we prayed. And all of a sudden, as we prayed, strength came. Something left, and strength came back in his body. He was healed of cerebral palsy. He got up. He never walked a day in his life. He walked up and started doing laps around this big house in shag carpet. You know, that's hard enough for me to walk in shag carpet. He was doing laps around the house. 
And then he came in, he sat down on the coffee table, and his mother broke. And I didn't understand. I say, what's the significance? He sat down. I thought you'd be more happy with him walking. She says, you don't understand. With cerebral palsy, there is no muscles in the back of his leg to guide him to sit down. And he sat down. Something left him. He said the same thing. He says, something left the back of my head. Well, the Lord had given me a vision of a spirit of infirmity clamping onto the stem of his brain, crippling him. And as I took authority over that spirit of infirmity, it loosed him, let it all flow, let the muscles work, let the nerves work, and he started walking. Now, my friends, I'm telling you this to say that we've, we've had many more experiences like this because Pastor and I, that's what we do. We, God has given us the, the gifts to use miracles, signs, and wonders, and that's what we do. All over this world. I can go on for hours about miracles all over this world. But those are three of the spirit of infirmity leaving people and miraculously seeing people get healed. Can I go to the Word of God? So now we're in Luke chapter 13. It says in verse 10, Now he, Jesus, was teaching in, the synagogue, in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a, what? Spirit of infirmity. 18 years. And was bent over and could no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed. From your infirmity. And then he laid hands, his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. That was a no-no back then. And he said to the crowd, there are six days of which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed, healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered and said, hypocrite. I like putting him for and hypocrite. That's what he was. Telling you you can't get healed on a Sunday morning. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his, uh, his ox or donkey from the stone and lead it that way to water? So what? Now, this is important. So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed? From this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said the oh, oh, when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced at the glorious things which were done by him. This is a fantastic story. This really clears the air about healing, doesn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm talking like 30 years ago, I, got, I, I saw this and I saw this is a truth that has to be taught. We have to understand the spiritual realm if we're gonna see people get healed. If you're going to get healed, if you're going to get sickness out of your house, you must address the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm, when it comes to sickness, is a spirit of infirmity. Amen. And so I want you to see this. I want you to see how Jesus took two stages to minister the miracle. I think it's so important. But before we get to that, I want you to see some, some more truth. Verse 16, so ought not this woman, 
Being a daughter of Abraham. You know what that means? Being a child of God. Take it through the cross. We could say today in church, so you who are a child of God, you deserve healing. That's what it really means. When you know you're a child of God, then you never have to question, do I deserve to be healed? Yes is always the answer. But you don't know what I did. You don't know what I said. You don't know my past. I don't care, and neither does God. The day you got born again, the day your past got written off, paid in full by the blood of Jesus, the day you realize the devil doesn't have any say. Amen? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, next point, whom Satan has bound. Think of it. Can you put that scripture up again? I want you to see this. Whom Satan has bound. All sickness comes from Satan. Lock and load it. Don't ever think anything different. God never, say never, uses sickness to humble you or teach you something. He does not make humanity sick ever, ever, ever. The Amplified Version, ever, 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 ever. You got to get that, that wrong stinking thinking out of your mind once and for all. I don't know how many people over the years, well, I know, you know, pastor, my life, my past, you know, maybe I just kind of deserve this. No. The day you got born again, the price was paid for your past. There is, come on. The devil is a liar. And so Jesus is so clear about this. Whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years. Then Jesus says something so powerful here. He says, shouldn't this woman, this child of God, be healed today? He's not saying two weeks from now. He's not saying there's a process. He's not saying if I can get around to it, if I'm not too busy or not too tired, or I get up on the right side of the bed. He said, should not this woman who's been bound with sickness for 18 years be healed right now? Right now. See, sometimes we get our heads thick. We get all our heads on all crooked. Well, I, I'm, just, I'm just working out my healing. You know, I got the, I had the flu last week. I had some symptoms going on. And I, so my faith was, so on Sunday, I was feeling a little tough last Sunday. On Monday or Sunday night, the symptoms hit me. And on Monday, I had the symptoms pretty bad. But my faith was by Tuesday, I'd be okay. Well, I still had symptoms on Tuesday. So my faith was, when I go to bed Tuesday night, I get healed during the night. And I'm going to get back to work on Wednesday. And I woke up, went back to work on Wednesday. Because, see, I know this stuff. I don't, I don't want to put up with it. 
I don't want to talk like I deserve it. The devil's after me. I get that. But I got more authority than the devil. Amen? And I don't, I'm not trying to bring condemnation to whatever you do and how maybe, maybe it's this or maybe it's that. I'm not trying to bring condemnation. I'm just trying to tell you the truth by the Word of God. What Jesus is saying about healing. Amen? Now, watch this now. This is, this is kind of, I didn't even think of this, but the Lord started bringing this as more important to me. <coughs> Excuse me. 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, we heard that scripture. Pastor Lynn, that's her favorite scripture. She loves this scripture. She'll tell you the scripture all the time. And so, I started using this scripture because I want you to see that Paul says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, how many people could put your hand and say, I know fear is a spirit? How, how many people? Can you put up your hand? Do you know fear is a spirit? Well, it says it is. It says fear is a spirit. So fear is a demonic spirit. Okay? Now, I started to put, I put that in place to show you that most Christians understand that fear is a demonic spirit. And that causes anxiety, depression, worry. All the stuff that the world's going through is because a spirit of fear is attacking. A demonic power of fear, which is the root of all those things, is attacking humanity right now. Many Christians too. But here's what the Lord started showing me. I'll read this again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And as I was thinking about that, just to prove to you, in case you didn't know, that demonic powers are real. Fear is a demonic spirit. Infirmity is a demonic spirit. You have mammon is a demonic spirit that keeps money away from you. Amen? Offense. It breaks up more marriages. 95% of all the marriage counseling I've done, and we've done a lot, let me tell you, the number one cause of marriage strife and struggle is offense. It's, that's a spirit, too, of unforgiveness. Amen? The devil attacks us. And so I was here using this scripture to prove to you so you could see that demonic spirits are real and they must, we must learn how to address them as Christians on a daily basis. Not once in a while, but on a daily basis. We need to bind and take authority over demonic powers. But then as I was meditating, going through my notes, the Lord showed me something. He says, God has not given us a spirit, a demon of whatever, but he has given us power, love, and a sound mind. And the Lord said to me, I was telling Pastor Andrew this last night, I was saying, the Lord showed me that this is the process of how you deal with every spiritual attack. When you feel fear, when you sense sickness, when you sense lack of peace, when you sense any type of attack of the enemy, the Lord says, what you do, you go into your power mode. Amen? What's your power mode? It's not just on your phone. Low power mode. High power mode. No, your power mode as a Christian is, behold, Jesus says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You go into authority mode. You bind and command in Jesus' name. Get out, get off, get away from me in Jesus' name. 
And then he says, and why can you do that, Mike? Because of love. Why can you do that? Because you know you are unconditionally loved by the Father. You know the Father's will is never to put sickness on you, but always to heal you. So you can use your authority because you know how much you're loved by God. Come on. And then he says, strong mind, sound mind. He says, that's the renewed mind. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye renewed. Let your mind be renewed. Amen. And so what he says is, what he was showing me, he says how important it is for all of us, one, to be renewing our mind every day with understanding of the spiritual realms around us. Renewing our minds to the authority of Jesus. Renewing our minds. You can be moved in the, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when the attack comes, we don't sit down and say, oh, well, I wonder how long this will go on for. No, you go on the offensive. You start declaring Jesus' name. You start speaking to spirits of infirmity, of a sickness. You start saying, I'll break your hold. Get away from me. I will not tolerate you in Jesus' name. I am so loved by God. I tell you, God doesn't play favorites. I'm unconditionally loved by God. Oh, Father, I thank you for your authority in Jesus' name. And you start just giving it to the devil. Write that down. I got to learn how to give it to the devil. Amen? Not, not put up with them, but give it to them. I, I, when I was young in the Lord, I, I, I saw it this way. I, 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 everyone know what a Louisville slugger is? Baseball bat. Mark knows. And I just see myself taking Louisville slugger to the devil every time. Remember Flintstones, Bam Bam? I become Bam Bam. Bam, 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 devil, till you get out of my way. I want to put some pictures in your mind. I want to get a fighting spirit in your mind. Don't be tolerant. Don't tolerate. Don't put up with. Don't go, don't go through the motions of it. But get bam, 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 Louisville slugger. Send him flying. Amen? We have to be aggressive against the devil. Amen? You ever heard the saying, iron fist in a velvet glove? We move in love. We live in mercy for people all around us. We walk in love. But underneath that velvet glove, there's an iron fist for the devil. You know? Ah, boom! Get out of my way. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor, this, is, this sounds violent. Well, the Bible says the violent take it by force. Matthew eleven twelve says... The violent will take it by force. There is a level of violence needed in the spiritual realm. Not physically. I don't want you to go fighting people. Don't go punching people. I'm the most passive person in, in the natural. I just take it to prayer. And I know. Bam, bam. On the devil. Amen? I want you to see that. So many years ago, many years ago, must be close to 30 years ago, I started seeing this. I started seeing this aspect of healing. And I believe why we've been so successful with our healing ministry is because of this revelation. We don't just lay hands on people and expect them healed because by revelation knowledge, we know the root of most sickness and disease is a spirit of infirmity. Amen? Amen? 
And I want you to see this, how important this is. Now, the, the scripture that I saw many years ago is found in Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to 14. Now, this is the, prayer, the, the chapter on faith, the prayer of faith. But before we get into the prayer of faith, we, we see what, what really brought it to the place of teaching about faith. Jesus set an example in motion, and there's some key words you have to understand. Mark 11, chapter 12. Now, the next day, when they had come from Bethany, he, Jesus, was hungry and seen from afar a fig tree having leaves. He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, said to the tree, Jesus spoke to a tree, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So, see, Jesus was setting the disciples up for, to teach them something. Do you know Jesus knew there's no figs in that tree? Jesus is a pretty smart guy. He knew it wasn't the season for figs. So, he wasn't mad at the fig tree, right? He was just using the fig tree to set an example up to teach his disciples about how to operate in faith. Now, Jesus went in, did all that, and he goes in the temple, does all the stuff he did, wiped out the temple, said, my house, house of prayer. Went back to Bethany, verse 20. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree, I want you to see this, dried up from the roots. There's your key right there. See, Jesus spoke right to the roots because he knew if I can take care of the roots, then the rest of the tree will follow whatever the roots do. True? Right? Now, what I want you to see this morning is that the spirit of infirmity is the root of almost all sickness and disease in a human being's life. That's what Jesus said. The woman had a spirit of infirmity. He removed the spirit of infirmity. Then he laid hands and prayed for her, and she was healed. I want you to see that. And this is what we've seen over and over and over again over the years. Now, you also be led by the Holy Spirit. You can't just make a formula out of this. But I'm saying predominantly, if people are suffering from sickness for an extended amount of time, predominantly I'll hear the Holy Spirit say, infirmity. Deal with the spirit of infirmity. Amen? And I want you to see how important this is. Now, I need... I need somebody to help me out here. I need someone, maybe Josh, you're here, and I see a Holy Ghost all over you all day today. So why don't you come up and help me out here? I want you to see, I want you to see, have a picture in here, stand right here, two stages of healing. Turn sideways so people get a better perspective. Now, you're crippled, so you're bent way over, and you can't get up. You're, you're, no, no, you've got to stand up on your legs, but you're, you walk around like this. Okay, walk over to me like that. Is that a trick? I want you to get pictures, my friends. 18 years this lady was like this. 18 years. What I saw was a spirit of infirmity, just like a little monkey on her back, clamping her spine, crippling her. Amen? And Jesus was preaching like I'm preaching. He looked out over the crowd, and he saw her. 
And he felt compassion for her. You know, Jesus has compassion for you in your situation. And he called her up like I called Josh up. And here, here she was, bent over. In no way could she straighten herself up. And what did Jesus say? May, may move out here, Josh, so people can see you're behind the table now. Praise the Lord. So Jesus comes over to her, knowing that it's a spirit, a demonic power of infirmity. He heard from the Holy Spirit how to pray. And he says, woman, you are loosed of your infirmity. Loosed. of, But she's still... So the, the de demonic power had to, because of the authority of Jesus, had to come off her back. She was still bent over. Stage two. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16 that you, a believer will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So once Jesus knew the infirmity, the demonic power was off of her, then he laid his hands on her and said, I command you to be healed. And up you go, and total healing happened. Amen? I want you to see that. I want you to see that. Thanks, Josh. I want you to get a picture in your mind that many times with healing, there's two stages of what has to happen. And that spirit of infirmity, I want you to put this in your toolbox. Because one thing I know myself, that it's, all, it's impossible that sickness will not attack our body at some time. It's impossible. So what I want to know, I want to have all the tools in place. I want to have everything in place so, so when the, the attack comes, I know what to do. I don't want to be uninformed. I just, oh, pastor, lay hands on me and I'll be fine when there's a spirit there. I want to know there could be a spirit here. I want to be led by the Holy Ghost with discerning the spirits. I want to be open to the things. I have an understanding of the spiritual realm. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just exposing. Amen? Oh, man, I'm running out of time. 1 Peter chapter 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed in humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Watch this now, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Okay, I want you to see that. I want you to see the truth that Peter exposed again. But your adversary, the devil, is looking for those he may devour. And you know, he devours some. You know why? Because we're not informed. Because we don't know his devices. Peter says, no, you got to understand his devices. you got to recognize the devices. You have, to get, you have to get in tune with the Holy Ghost and understand that if there's sickness attacking your house, amen, we have to know what to do. And this, this is what I saw. I saw this, and I think Lindy was talking about this too. I think Dorothy, I think, where's Dorothy? Dorothy, she in kids' club? Yeah. 
Dorothy said to Linda one time at the last ladies' function, she says, Dorothy said, told Linda that, Dorothy, that Linda rebuked her. And Linda says, when did I rebuke you? She says, when I started confessing, but my little baby girl, that the, and in childcare, they said, you're going to get seven different viruses because your kid's in childcare. And for the next first year or so, your kid has to go through all these seven viruses so, because that's what's out in the world. And so Dorothy was saying, that's what they said, right? And Linda, by the Holy Ghost, said, no. No. We, are, we live in this world. We're not of this world. And she says, you don't have to experience all those. Your child does not have to experience all these viruses. And I've been thinking about this for the longest time. When we get serious about pleading the blood of Jesus over our family, over our home. When we get serious about binding demonic powers and you cannot come near my family, you cannot touch my health, my family's health. When we get serious about that, that, that we, we, when our children go out to school and they have the blood of Jesus between them and the world, I think we can see a healthier bunch. I think when we recognize that the spirits of infirmity are seeking whom they would devour, and if we talk like the world, we get the same results as the world. And I'm not saying like I just got, the, I just had the flu last week. I'm not saying that was the first time in a long time that I got the flu. I miss it most of the time, but every once in a while, it happens. I'm not feeling condemned. I just bam, bam the devil when it comes. Amen. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect, neither are you. That's I'm not con there's no condemnation. But what am I challenged for you and myself is to tap into the things of the Spirit in a greater way. To get into faith at a higher dimension than you ever have before. To take prayer and faith and authority like never before. To take it so seriously. Angels encamped about us. The blood of Jesus covers us. No weapon formed against us will prosper. And just start believing God in a greater way than you ever have before for health and blessings, peace and joy in your family. Confess it. Don't tolerate the attacks of the enemy. Just be bam, bam to him. Send him packing. The slightest little uh, indication he's around, boom, send him packing. Pray in tongues often. Pray in tongues. Because the Bible says you don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays perfect prayers. Don't put up, don't tolerate stuff in your house. Can I speak to you dads? You're the kings and priests of your homes. Take the authority every day. Take authority every day. Be praying every day. If you don't know how, come to midweek prayer. We'll teach you how to pray. You got it. We got to be people of prayer, of authority. We have to recognize the attack and tell the devil to take a hike. Amen? I'm running out of time. I got to quit. Did you learn something today? Did it help you? I want, you to, I want you to start pressing in like never before.
Because the devil's out there. The adversary's out there. He's looking for the weak links. Just you don't be that weak link. Amen? You don't leave any doors open. You don't let him in your house. And if he is in your house, you get him out. We were in Guelph one time. Young couple said to us, will you come over to our house? There's something wrong with our house. We know there's something wrong with our house. Went into the house. It was just, it was, it, the, the heat was on, but it was so cold and damp in there. It was just like, oh, just, I didn't like being around it. Pastor Linda, God uses her different than me. I get words of knowledge, discern. I get, I get be told by word what it is. But Pastor Linda, at, at times, God opens her eyes, and she gets to see the demons. I say, God bless you. I don't need to see them. So we're in this house, this young couple, and they were going through this, and they were going through that, and this house was there, and they were going through this. It was just like, just wasn't good. And the Lord opened Pastor Linda's eyes, and she says, there's a little demon hanging out in the corner of the living room. It's about two feet high. looks like a little monkey living in that house. Am I telling the truth? So he said, we better pray. And we started praying. And we took our authority in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, God opened Linda's eyes again. And all of a sudden, we started saying, in Jesus' name, you get out of this house in Jesus' name. He says, there he goes, there he goes. He took off running like a scared little monkey. He went right through the big bay window and out, because he can go through windows. He's a demon. He went right out the main window and got, and she says, there he goes, run right down the street out of the house. Listen to me now. Imme say immediately. Immediately, that house felt warm. Immediately, that house had peace. Because this demon had got in and was affecting every aspect of the family. We got to get him out of our house. How do you do that? By prayer. Take authority. Plead the blood of Jesus. Send the angels to sweep through their house. Angels encamped about us. Ministry spirits going forth for us will inherit salvation. Angels hearken unto the word of God that comes out of your mouth. Send the angels. Say, angels sweep through my house and get every evil thing out of my house. You let it be known. You will not tolerate that in your house anymore. And then don't watch the wrong TV stuff. And don't watch, do the wrong video games. And don't have the wrong social media stuff on. And don't let the, 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 those things come into your house anymore. Live holy, be holy, for he is holy, and without holiness you will not see the Lord. Don't tolerate this junk. Don't let it in your house. That's an open door. Amen? Praise the Lord, I really got to quit this time. I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? You know this authority I'm talking about? It all starts with being born again. If you're not born again, you can't use the name of Jesus. Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, only born-again Christians have the authority to use the name of Jesus. And how do you get that? You have to be born again. Jesus said, Nicodemus, marvel not. I tell you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. The only way to walk in this authority is to be born again. If you're here today, you say, I'm not born again, Pastor. Or you're here today and you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I used to know this stuff, but I've let up on it.
I used to serve the Lord flat out like you're talking about, but I let up on it and I haven't served the Lord very well these last few years. You may be home, watch it online. You may be watching on the rewatch and had a rough weekend. You know what? I want to speak to you too. Praise the Lord. There's, there's a prayer going to come up on our screen. It's called the prayer of salvation. You know what I'd say? It's time to make it right. That's all it is. It's, it's a prayer to make it right with God. We're going to pray this prayer together. Everyone can use this prayer. We only get born again once. But if we all say this prayer together, if there's someone in this room who needs to say this prayer, they're going to feel comfortable saying this prayer, and they're going to get born again. And also, there's a, there's a part here that talks about forgiveness, asking forgiveness of every sin. That's just a plain good thing to do every day. So once a week never hurts us at all to ask forgiveness of every sin. Amen? Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I purpose to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me learn about you and grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Amen? Amen? You've said that the first time. You're online. You're in person. Jesus accepted you. Praise the Lord.